Now, the wealth protection diva is a successful entrepreneur, business owner, and premier business strategist, president and CEO of Sage International Incorporated, and a national speaker, best-selling author, and motivational teacher of financial education, business development, and wealth protection strategies, the joys and frustrations of being a business owner. Her insights are motivating. Her frankness inspiring. Here is Sherry Hill. Sometimes one spouse or partner has only a vague knowledge of how much the other earns, spends, or saves. As retirement nears, this can lead to surprises. Fidelity Investments released its 2015 Couples Retirement Study. While most of the couples surveyed, 1,051 in fact, said they had no difficulties talking to their spouse or partner about money issues, however, the perception of each other's financial standing wasn't always accurate. For example, 43% could only guess how much their spouse or partner earned annually, and of that, 10% were off by at least $25,000. In addition, 36% of the couples had differing estimates of their investable assets. 60%, including half of the baby boomer respondents, had no idea of the size of their projected Social Security benefit. While talking about money can be difficult, it becomes a necessary conversation in the context of retirement. My guest today, Michael Fassi, has over 39 years of experience in the financial services industry. Mike has extensive expertise helping clients with investment and retirement distribution areas. His primary goal is to make sure that clients don't outlive their retirement income. As a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, both considered the higher standard of knowledge, Mike works with many business owners in the areas of succession and estate planning. He also teaches retirement planning classes at Colorado State University, the University of Northern Colorado, and the University of Nevada, Reno. Mike is involved with the Civil Air Patrol and Honor Flight of Northern Colorado. Well, Mike, thank you for joining me today. Good morning. What a pleasure to be here in such a gorgeous morning. Yes, I, I would agree. So let's talk about what's at the very core of financial planning, the conversation we need to have both with ourselves and our partners regarding our money. Sherry, unfortunately, people spend more time planning their vacations than they do financial planning. And over the years, we found that uh, it just takes a little time to sit down and figure out where you want to be when in retirement, what your retirement's going to look like, and then you work backwards and figure out how much money you're going to need. Uh, unfortunately, today, the baby boomers are realizing that, and they're too close to retirement to really have any major effect on their plans. Hence, more retire- more baby boomers are retiring later. All right. Well, I know you do a lot of, you know, uh, teaching through the universities, mm-hmm. and it's a lot on retirement planning, and one of the topics is really around goals. I learned years ago, if you don't sit down and really think about where do you want to be, not just the money side, but in life, so what is it you like to help people really understand about setting a goal or goals in retirement? Well, when we put this class together almost nine years ago, we found out that most people have no idea what they're going to do in retirement. And it's a lot different than our parents and grandparents were, where they'd get up uh, on Friday morning and that was the end of the, that was their last day of work. And on Monday, they sat home and did nothing. Well, 
Today, there's many more opportunities for retirees. Uh, new businesses are started. Uh, people go back to school. Now we see retirees moving to be next to their kids or grandkids. Years ago, that wasn't the case. Unfortunately, if you don't plan for that before you retire, you have no idea what it's going to cost you to do that. And so when people come to class, our first half of the class that we work, we work with them is on the psychology of retirement, what it's going to look like, are both of you on the same page, um, and then where are you going to spend your time then we work backwards and figure out what it's going to cost. Right. Well, so does it surprise you that one statistic where if, you know, I'm married to somebody and my assumption is they make X amount of dollars and I'm off by 25 or 30,000, I mean, how does it how does that even? Is that mean I'm not reading tax returns? Is that I'm not looking at bank statements? Are we not paying bills together? I mean, it's just it's interesting to me. It's a it's a it's a psychological phenomenon when everything is going well you don't really look at what you need to do in order to make sure that what the numbers are correct. Mm-hmm. In most cases people are looking at uh, a situation where if things are going well we're not going to mess with it. However, if things are poor that's when you find out that well I didn't know you didn't make that much money or I didn't know where the money was going or I didn't realize you had a cabin in the mountains and you didn't bother to tell me you know that happens all the time i didn't know you embezzled money from us for the last 20 years of our marriage it's and a slush you... fund it's not embezzling <laughs> right 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 so i love your term because i i have spent a lot of time really trying to understand the psychology of money and again every one of us is different there are the savers there are spenders give me your take on kind of that foundation of how we think about money well i think it's important you have to understand the value of money you know when we ask uh, we ask folks what's the value of money to you some will say security, some will say a retirement, some will say I want to take care of my kids. And until both parties are on the same ground, same uh, platform, it's very difficult to move forward. So we, we try to find out what's important to you, what do you do with your, with your spare time outside of work, where are you going to spend your time when you're not retired, and then try to figure out, okay, is the money really the important thing or is the quality of time uh, really important to you. All right. So in your perfect world, this would happen before people get married, this conversation, identifying their money type or because, again, there's so many people. Divorce is a number one cause of, you know, uh, sure. money in a marriage is the number one cause of divorce. So in your perfect world, this would be an awesome conversation to have up for identifying, you know, am I a spender? Am I a saver? Am I a, you know, what am I with regards to money? What, what are my beliefs around money before we move into now we're in our 50s or 60s and we're just identifying this? I think in the past that was talked about a lot more. Uh, I think younger couples, and I see it from my son and my daughter who've recently gotten married, uh, they just kind of, okay, we make it and we're going to spend it and then we'll worry about it later. And it's a totally different attitude. Where in the past, I know it was a lot different. You always had a spender and a saver in the family. But when you got two spenders, that's a potential for problems down the road. And, and I think spending a little time with, okay, what are we going to do? When are we going to buy a house? When are we going to start a family? What's it going to cost? Uh, doesn't seem to be prudent today, and, and it's more of a hit-or-miss proposition today, where in the past I think people planned a little better. 
This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with guest Mike Fassi of Fassi Financial. And of course, we're talking about the importance of having a conversation around money. Uh, at this point in your career, you just want it to happen anytime <laughs> during those relationships, right? But, you know, it, it becomes so critical. And, and I can only imagine you talk about the younger population. My daughter's 20. Same thing. She makes money. Let's spend all the money. She is building a little bit of a saving habit in her life because it's like, you know, you can't do everything today, so you better figure out your priorities. And then you see it as people are getting older and now they're facing, what does my future look like? Oh my gosh, what if I had thought about my priorities 20 years ago? What would that look like in retirement planning today? Yes, unfortunately, our children are saying, we want the same standard of living that you, we have when we were at home, and now that we're on our own, things are a lot different, and we don't like it, so. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's not a pleasant situation. <laughs> oh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm going to experience that one pretty soon as my daughter leaves the nest. We're talking about conversation around money. So when you sit down with either a, a single individual or a couple you as the professional need to kind of understand, like we talk about, what what is your priority? What is retirement really going to look like for you? Well, not only retirement, but what do you do outside of work? Because that, even if even if we're not talking to someone about retirement, if you're looking at at setting up a budget, a family budget, or setting up getting ready for college or weddings, you really need to look at, okay, what do I do with my time and my money when I'm not working? And put together some kind of a budget. It's never going to be 100% correct because there's you know starbucks slips in there and if you've got grandkids that that money goes there and you you can't really account for all of that but what you try to do is get practical about income and expenses and i think that's the best way that's the way you start it and then you plan around it Uh, there's no easy way to get around it but you do have to have the conversation and let's face it it's not fun i'd rather watch football or or go flying or do whatever rather than sit down and talk about the money part. Right. And and I'm sure some of that, once you have helped people really understand what is their goals, what what is their priorities at that point in time is, you know, those conversations around maybe you got to change your lifestyle, right? I mean, there's some big decisions that have to be made. And so do you find that there's pushback or just aha moments or you've created some awareness for them well i i pretty much look at my at our situation and what we've done over time as being a uh, being a physician uh sometimes you go to the doctor you've got a pain you're not going to like what he, he or she has to say but you will get the f- facts and i think if you have the facts then you can deal with it unfortunately you may not like the answer but then you have the ability to change your situation so that you can get from point A to point B. But without having a realistic approach, there's no way to get there. And that's the importance of having a professional in your life. You're out there, you understand a lot of wealth creation, wealth preservation strategies throughout our lifetime. And the ability to have someone that can help us understand what it looks like for us. This is not cookie cutter. Everyone's different and unique to be able to say, wow, these are your goals. These are your priorities. Here's where you're at today. Let's build that blueprint. And then I'm guessing you hold your clients accountable. The, the clients have to be held accountable because it's their money. And if something changes, there's a divorce, they decide to start a business. There's a lot of, a lot of 
issues that will come up during a, a, a relationship, but you've got to try to do the best you can to plan for them. It's not going to be 100% right. And that's why we tell folks, you know, if you had a financial plan and you did it 10 years ago when you lived in Arizona and now you live here in Nevada, you know, maybe some things have changed a little bit. So you might want to revisit that. And we recommend you revisit the plan every three to five years because the folks in Washington tend to change the tax laws every chance they get. And we just saw a major change in, in Social Security and how they're going to deal with file and suspend. A lot of people have looked at that issue and now they can't do it anymore. So you can't just do a plan and, and lock it up and say, this is, we've done it, we're done with it. It's got to be revisited on a regular basis. Awesome. Well, Mike, we have to go to break. We come back. I want to talk about, are you letting your children delay your retirement? We'll be right back. Hello, this is Marnie Swedberg, your online mentor at Marnie.com. I want to wish all of the Sherry Hill radio show listeners a happy Thanksgiving day. I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather it and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Families that provide financial support to adult children tend to be families in which parents retire later. How much later? According to Hearts and Wallets, a market research firm focused on retirees and retirement trends, A mom or dad aged 65 or older whose grown kids need no financial support is more than twice as likely to be retired than a parent 65 or older who provides money to a child. Just how many such households are lending financial support to millennials? A whopping 15.8 million. Whether it's helping adult children with either rent or mortgage payments, picking up some of the tab for college loans or education expenses, the reality is that for those parents who want to retire sooner rather than later, setting some firm money boundaries with the next generation might be a plus. Michael Fassi, a chartered life underwriter, is a professional at Fassi Financial. He has devoted his career to providing his clients with necessary financial services. He specializes in the areas of investment and retirement distribution. This entails evaluating his clients' tax implications, analyzing their income needs, and ensuring that they do not outlive their finances. Well, Mike, thank you for joining me today. Thank you. Glad to be here. Yes. So let's jump in. I want you to share your insights regarding the impact of letting your children delay your retirement. Unfortunately, it's it's happening way too often. 
in the classes that we work in the, that we teach at the university, we found that uh, a number of people are delaying retirement. Having children at home is one reason, but a lot of times today people were willing to work longer simply because of other expenses that they're that they're dealing with, uh, health insurance costs, et cetera. But uh, what uh, what's important if you have the chance to chat with the kids when they start school, when they start around 18, 19 years old, and lay some boundaries, it'll make your life a lot easier. Because one of the things that that boomers are dealing with now is not only the children, but also having to deal with their parents, their potential of having to deal with a parent moving back home after a death of, of one of the parents. And the boomers become the sandwich generation, and unfortunately, you're getting tugged at both ends, right. and it happens all the time. Well, I'm I'm right in that. I mean, I I was 35 when I had my daughter, so I delayed having a child. So now here I am. I'm 55. I have a 20 year old still at home going to the university. I have two aging parents that are calling on me not so much financially right now but the support mm-hmm. and all the other things you know that you have to do as a as a child with love of course but so i'm right in that place where it's like how am i going to really think about retirement i mean i can't right now because it's like i got to work right <laughs> you're being pulled at both ends or mm-hmm. potentially being pulled from both ends right and retirement uh, part of the planning process you may not be able to retire, but if you at least be realistic about the approach and plan for that, it makes it a lot easier. I know uh, we just w- had gone through two weddings in the last couple of years, so a lot of people can relate to my pain. But the uh, the fact is that we planned for it years ago and not at the last minute. And I think you're in the same situation. You know your daughter's going to be finishing school. You're going to set some boundaries. You know, you can come back for a while, but after that, you got to fly. And that's what you're training them to do. But uh, unfortunately, a lot of parents today are not having that conversation with their kids. Right. So you hit the magic words, though. You said you planned for these a long time ago. And I imagine in your conversations with, you know, the couples and the individuals that you're working with, we're not really thinking about things like that, right? Correct. Yeah. We're we're looking at we're trying to survive today. And yeah. and then we'll worry about tomorrow tomorrow. Yeah. And of course, all that impacts, you know, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. So if I had any vision or dream, which I don't. I love what I do, but you know, there's a lot of people that, you know, that magic number 65 or so it, it would be an impossibility for me to retire right now, right? Because I am in that age where school, we're not even talking about a wedding right now. I hope she, you know, elopes someday. <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> Put a ladder out there. It doesn't work. I tried. It doesn't work. <laughs> so, you know, I imagine that part of your conversation and your hope is always to reach a younger demographic right now in talking about retirement planning. I'm, I'm guessing the ideal age you would love to be talking to people is 18 through 35 about retirement, not the 55 and 65-year-olds that are finding you at FASI Financial, right? <laughs> well, I'd like, to, I'd like schools to start teaching uh, something called the time value of money. And if you start putting money away at a certain interest rate and let it accumulate for a lot of years, 
you're going to be surprised what you're going to have, uh, what kind of pot you would have in in 30 years when you're ready to re- when the kids are ready to retire. So both of my both of my children are working, and and one of the things we've suggested is put some money away because you might have to take care of us later. Yes, so, <laughs> but they didn't like that idea. <laughs> I'm counting on it. <laughs> I'm counting on you to take care of us when we retire. Well, and you see it, young you know young people having lots of kids right now, and you know, again, they're living the day-to-day. For us, you know, it, it is a different time. And it's not about, you know, job security forever. It's anything goes in this generation and behind. And so it's just kind of interesting to see that they really, they don't even think about it. No, it's it's not a priority. And there are so many um advertisements that are saying spend your money on this spend your money on that you know who needs a new iphone every time one comes out um but it's 600 bucks but you got to have one right so you know they're the unfortunately you know the, the marketing works and works very well but it also takes cash away from some of the important things that the millennials should be looking at Right. So the the true co- let's talk about the true cost. So you sit down with a couple that you know maybe they're in their forties or fifties, and oh gosh, they went to your your class at the university, or they're listening to this radio show, and they're like, maybe we should start thinking about this. What is some of the true costs that you have seen when parents let their children eat their inheritance? <laughs> <laughs> well, the true cost is basically more psychological than money. Because in the back of your mind, you're, you're, you take a great deal of pleasure in, in writing that check to your child or giving them cash or helping them get a look, get going. But then in the back of your mind, you know it comes out of your hide and it comes out of your re- retirement plan. So you're being tugged in both directions. And that's that's where the the really uh, confrontation comes in because you you know what you should do and you know what you're doing and it's not going to get you where you want to be. All right. So well, the psychological aspect of doing that again. Well, and then also, you know, instead of being able to retire at 65 or 67 or even 70, people are having to work almost into their 80s, right? Well, a lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people are now choosing to work longer. Uh, you know, the psychological effect of retirement is different for men than it is for women. Uh, in the studies, we found that uh, men really have a hard time when they retire early. Uh, Women seem to make more friends outside of work, but a, a man who retires uh, psycho- psychologically has a problem with being out of the game, so to speak, and being out of the game, uh, their their team or their group or whoever they worked with before is moving forward, and now they're kind of left behind. So a lot of folks are saying, you know, maybe I really don't want to retire right now because I don't I don't need the money, but I want to still be in the game. I'm healthy. Uh, things are going well. So... Why why pull out right now? Right. And that's what we're finding. All right. Well, and, and also when you think about what what is the you know one of the ultimate goals is to have you know the financial wherewithal to do all the cool things on your bucket list. Right. If you haven't been doing them during your lifetime, we would encourage you to do, do them during your lifetime. But you know, a lot of people, oh, I'm going to buy the motorhome and I'm going to travel, and of course by then you might not be as healthy. And so I'm guessing that part of how you work with couples or individuals is to look at what what are those things you really want to be able to do? How do we fit those into your lifestyle now 
because we don't know what's going to happen in 10 to 20 years, right? Well, there's, there's, there's no doubt that what's in your genes is really important. So if you've got a family that uh, nobody's ever lived past 70, you better start thinking a little bit different. Uh, but we recommend people look at, look at where they are uh, three to five years out from retirement. Plan on, if you're going to sell, we've had folks uh, sell their houses and hop in a motorhome, drive through the United States, and come back and, and settle down. But you don't, you can't afford to do that at the last minute. You've got to plan for that, and that's the, that seems to be the key. If we can just get folks to in the right frame of mind to say, where do I want to be? What's my life going to look like? And then you you start working backwards and you look at the cost. And most people have the misconception that retirement's cheaper than than working. Uh, I beg to differ. Um, I think if you go to work every day. Your greatest cost is probably going to be lunch, maybe the clothes, but maybe primarily lunch. But if you're playing golf three times a week or you're traveling to Europe three or four times a year, it's going to be a lot more expensive than had you still been working. So you've got to plan ahead. That's the bottom line. You've got to plan ahead. Right. So, you know, I like the term money boundaries because we are talking about, you know, are your children taking away from your retirement? So is this a good time to have these conversations with your kids to really help them understand, if I continue to do this, then here's what it's going to look like for me 20 years down the road. So how do we figure this out together and not some big surprise as mom or dad landing on your doorstep now when, (laughs) kid, you're 50 or 60 and you got to take care of me because I spent my wad on you when you were in your 20s. Unfortunately, most parents are very hesitant to have that discussion with the children, Um, especially if you've got a business involved. Who's going to, because always, there seems to be always one family member that wants to take over the business. The other one could care less. And that's the situation in our family. Uh, my daughter thinks because her last name is the same as mine, she's going to get the business. Well, she, th- she probably will, but she's going to have to pay for it. My son, who's a lieutenant in the fire department, could care less about the financial services business. So it, you've got to plan for that. But it's very hard um to have that conversation and and coming up on the holidays is a great time to round up the kids sit down and say this is what your dad and I are thinking or this is what I'm thinking and you know you don't have to agree with it but at least you need to know where I'm coming where we're coming from and it'll they won't be surprised then down the line All right that that makes for a great holiday dinner party <laughs> Well, it cuts down on the commotion. Let's put it that way. But but it's one of my favorite bumper stickers. We're spending our kids' inheritance. That's right. And I just, I love that because that's how it should be. And I know a lot of, you know, my generation is, you know, it's so easy just to give our kids everything, but we pay that price. And the kids have have paid a price for that. You know, the the idea of of work ethic, the idea of uh, self-achievement, is a lot of it's taken away if you give them too much going in. All of us want to have a better lifestyle than our parents, and we try to make it much better for our kids, but sometimes that's not always the best way to do it. Social Security, that's another big decision for people to make. So we'll be right back. This is Jeff Hyman, your startup therapist based in Chicago, Illinois. I want to wish everyone a happy Thanksgiving. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? 
Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trained specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com. When it comes to the question of Social Security income, the choice looms large. Should you apply now to get earlier payments or wait a few years to get larger checks? My guest today, Michael Fassi, has over 39 years of experience in the financial services industry. Mike has extensive expertise helping clients with investment and retirement distribution areas. His primary goal is to make sure that clients don't outlive their retirement income. As a chartered life underwriter and a chartered financial consultant, both considered the highest standard of knowledge, Mike works with many business owners in the areas of succession and estate planning. He teaches retirement planning classes at Colorado State University, the University of Northern Colorado, and the University of Nevada, Reno. Well, Mike, I'm glad you're with me today, and I want you to share some of those factors that I should consider before applying for Social Security benefits. Social Security has been highly underrated, I think, as a, as a benefit that we've, uh, we can expect when we're close to retirement or ready to retire. Um, I wish I had a magic formula to tell you exactly when it works for you. But uh, when we're w- during the class, we spend quite a bit of time on Social Security to, and how to calculate when you should take it. Uh, a lot of it goes back to basically what's in your genes. You know, we look at family history, we look at your grandparents, we look at, at your parents, and we say realistically, if nobody in your family has lived past age 70 or 72, take it early. On the other hand, if you've got a, a family that's got a long history, uh, then you can afford to wait a little bit. And the government seems to be monkeying around with Social Security on a regular basis. So the the class that we taught last month or in October, um, laws have changed since then. So you just have to be aware of what's going on. But I would think it's a, it's up to you. You need to talk it over with your spouse, our significant other, our, and figure out which is what is best for you based on your physical situation and your family situation. Right. So every year I get this letter from the Social Security Administration and it says, Here much, here's how much you're going to get when you retire. And so I look at that number and I'm like, wow, that's pretty cool. Of course, I've been working my whole life. But I have always known in the back of my mind, based on my age, that the likelihood that Social Security might be around in the next 10, 12, 15 years is probably not something I should bank on. Well, there is an advantage of getting older. Social Security will be available at at the levels it is currently until 2030. 
In the year 2030, it is estimated that they will have to reduce the benefit to 75% of the normal benefit uh, for those going forward. Having said that, they've also said that if you're 55 or older, they're not going to change your your benefit, which is the good news. I, I believe that I, Social Security will be around. They're going to have to do some hard work in, in revamping Social Security. Some of the ideas that are kicked around are means testing, raising some of the Social Security taxes, raising the income level for Social Security taxes, or, or if you over a certain level of income, the benefit the individual would not be uh, eligible for any Social Security. So there, there's a number of proposals out there. Unfortunately, in an election year like we have coming up, you're not going to see anybody want to talk about it. It's a very, very difficult subject, and as part of the three-legged stool in re- from a retirement perspective, we know that if you're 55 or over, you can count on it. My kids, well, they're kind of iffy, and yeah. so then they start looking at uh, putting money away on their own behalf. And it kind of goes with this whole conversation today. So if I am someone who is living on and depending on Social Security and I'm not getting a raise where all these other costs are going up, I mean, this is a huge part of your conversation. You hope with people early on in life that Social Security is not your sole source of income. Correct. In, in most cases, it should be no more than 26 to 30 percent of your total retirement income. Unfortunately, today, it's, it's closer to 70% for a lot of people. This is Sherry Hill. You're listening to The Sherry Hill Show with special guest, Mike Fassi of Fassi Financial. And we're just talking about all things retirement today and, and some interesting insights from Mike. Of course, we're talking about Social Security because it's, you know, as you said, this is going to be an election year coming up. So these are the the places they don't really talk about or touch, yet a huge population is affected by Social Security. Sure. Yeah, and it's always been a sacred cow. And not many people want to deal with it, especially in an election year. All right. Well, and as we see how we solve the, the federal budget is we just raise the cap and say, oh, well, we can continue to spend more money. And at some point, you know, the Medicare, the Social Security, all those things that people are looking at as far as their sources of income, it, you know, you really, you really have to be careful about that. So in your conversations, in your teaching through the universities about retirement planning, and as you said, Social Security should only be 26 to 30 percent of your income. I mean, how else are you seeing that people are going, wow, I, maybe I need to be thinking about this? Well, we would like to see folks start coming into class around 50, 45 to 50, because the reality of it is those individuals are the ones that are going to be the most subject to the changes in the, in the laws and in tax structure. So if, if you start earlier, it's a significant benefit. Unfortunately, once you get to 55 or 60, you've got to deal with what's given you can, and, and make the best of it. Uh, we can plan on, on holding off a little bit, taking the benefit a little later, and there is a significant benefit of waiting to age 70. Once you reach uh, your primary retirement age of 66, let's say, for somebody my age, then every year you wait, your, your balance increases, your payout increases 8% a year. So it's a significant uh, increase. Again, it goes back, though, do I wait and get that 8% increase? Or is my family history such that nobody's ever lived that long? And then you've got to figure out the crossover point. If I wait, how long does it take to get to make it up? 
All right. Something else just changed with Social Security regarding couples. What changed, uh, and I'm kind of disappointed that some of the folks that I work with voted for it, but the file and suspend portion of Social Security was involved. And the file and suspend provision allowed an individual at primary retirement age to file for Social Security and then suspend, which means he he or she didn't take the benefit, but his or her spouse then could take and receive the her spousal benefit and then let the majority of the benefit grow again till age 70 and then kick it back on. It was a great inflation hedge. I thought it was a great opportunity for uh, in, for couples to turn a little bit on now and then have the ability to turn a little bit on later. Unfortunately, 180 days from, I think it was about 10 days ago, that's not going to be available anymore. So if you haven't filed and suspended, or I'd go out and get it done if you can. Wow. And if you don't even know what that means, then I would suggest you call Mike. <laughs> or call Social Security. There you go to the website. But we'll be glad to help you too. But uh, you've got 180 days to get it in. So a lot is going on. And this is, you know, one of my huge reasons for inviting experts in the industry, all the different industries, because I can't keep up with this. This is your professional arena. You understand these things, and the difference of 180 days could have what effect on a married couple? Oh, it could have significant. I mean, you're talking the maximum Social Security benefit now is rounded off to $2,800 a month. So if somebody was in the maximum situation, you know, that's an additional $1,400 a month today with the ability to turn it on with cost of living increases 66, four years from now. Again, so it's a great way to keep pace with inflation and get ahead of inflation if you do it correctly, but you've got to do it quick. Is there a phone number you'd like people to reach out to you <laughs> if they go, what was he talking about? Yeah, we, we've got, uh, you can reach us at 800-320-3012, right. and that'll catch uh, catch my office. Uh, I, I We have a family business. My wife's a CPA. Uh, we work with the CPA here in Reno, and so somebody will be able to help you through it. All right. And then just very quickly, the classes you teach up at UNR on retirement planning, how would somebody find out about those? We Just go to our website. Uh, that's the easiest thing, and we've got a list of the classes. We did a class in California in uh, September. We did the Reno class at UNR. We'll be doing one at Colorado State in January and then back here in April. But just go to uh, financialeducatorsnetwork.org. All right. Financialeducatorsnetwork.org. And you'll see a list of the classes and the sign-ups will be there. And, And also you write a blog on that website because there's, I found all kinds of cool information out there that kind of helped me understand really the retirement world and some of these questions that I should be asking myself. Like the very important one is my child holding me back from retirement, right? Well, we, we kind of, we, we, we want to let re- pre-retirees know that it's not only the kids that are involved, it's are you going to be heading, heading to wherever to be with the grandkids are you going to be subject you know you have allergies do you want to get out of the snow and you unfortunately can't wait till you retire to see well do i have enough money to do that and and most people realize that if we give them a five to ten year window and that's realistically what's going to happen if you're if you retire at 66 your health is such that you'll probably be willing to will be able to travel long distances europe Asia, wherever you want to go for another 10 years. But you've got to plan for that. And then what we try to, what we suggest is that 
give us an idea where you want to go. We'll give you an idea what it might cost, and then we'll build a realistic port- portfolio to get it there. But you've got to have you've got to have a concept of what it's going to look like, and and there's so many factors: health, uh, weather. Uh, kids, grandkids, whatever it happens to be, but don't wait till the last minute. I mean, it's not like our parents and grandparents. They retired, they sat home, that was it. Today, you've got so many more opportunities. Take advantage of them. Exactly. And, you know, our message this segment is don't let Social Security be your sole source of income. It was never meant to be. Right. We'll be right back. This is Mike Fossey, Registered Principal at Financial Educators Network in Fort Collins, Colorado, and here in Reno, Nevada, and I want to wish everyone listening to the Sherry Hill Radio Show a happy and joyous Thanksgiving. I'm Brian Cassidy, owner of Junk King Reno. We know you like a clean house and a clean yard, but sometimes things are too big, too heavy, or too much. That's when you should call us Junk King Reno. We're the professionals in the junk and rubbish removal business. Our team comes to your home to pick up what you need to dispose of. You don't need to gather it and haul it to the curb. We recycle and donate everything possible before we visit a landfill. We're fully insured and bonded. Call Junk King Reno, 888-888-JUNK. Junk King Reno, locally owned and operated. Sage International Incorporated sparks and fuels the entrepreneurial spirit by providing the strategies, information, education, tools, resources, and ongoing support services that will lay a solid foundation under a business owner's dream. If you're thinking of starting a business and you're not sure where to begin, Sage International Incorporated offers a free 30-minute consultation. Call 1-800-254-5779. That's 1-800-254-5779. Or visit sageintl.com. Hello, this is Ernest Chu, author of Soul Currency. Investing your inner wealth for fulfillment and abundance. I'm on Saturday at 5 p.m. and Sunday at 8 a.m. on 99.1 FM Talk Radio. This will be an ear-opening and fascinating radio show that you won't want to miss. We're identifying the spiritual equivalent of business success and redefining financial value as such as currency into the organic aliveness of spirit. Tune in to the Sherry Hill Radio Show next weekend. The United States is already among the most generous nations in the world, and giving back to society holds enormous importance to Americans of all ages and socioeconomic backgrounds. Baby boomers are expected to contribute more than $8 trillion in value to nonprofits and charitable organizations in the next two decades, a result from longer lifespans and more retirees as volunteers and donors. Michael Fassi, a chartered life underwriter, is a professional at Fassi Financial and probably would agree that planning a legacy through philanthropy and charitable giving is an important consideration in all retirement planning. So, Mike, I'd like you to talk about, you know, the importance of giving back from your perspective and why you took a hobby airline pilot and converted it into serving as a captain of the Civil Air Patrol and also your participation in honor flight each year, which are both huge commitments from you in the area of philanthropy. I've been blessed and our business has been blessed and over the years I had the opportunity to go to school at St. Louis, graduated from St. Louis University. The Air Force paid for my education. I also went to Marine Corps OCS and then on to the Air Force, 
and got riffed out in 76, had to find a job. So I ended up in the financial services business in uh, in 1976, and next year it'll be 40 years. But I've always felt that I have been blessed, my family's been blessed, and I always wanted to give back. And I think there are a number of baby boomers that feel that way, and they're looking for their right niche. So whether it's Civil Air Patrol, which I've been a pilot since I've been 17 years old. Uh, my wife hates it, and I love it, so we have a mutual understanding. And I still fly search and rescue in the mountains in Colorado, so I'll never give that up. And given the opportunity now, what I do is help raise money for the Civil Air Patrol and help raise money for uh, Honor Flight. For those who are not familiar with Honor Flight, it's an opportunity to bring uh, World War II veterans back to Washington, D.C. to visit the memorial. Uh, we've been blessed in northern Colorado. We've had over 1,800 veterans go back. I've been on four trips and raised uh, a ton of money uh, in order to do that. But it's an opportunity to give back to your community. And I think everybody feels once their kids are on their own and taken care of, the the opportunity to give back is is uh, has always been important to me. And And we find that a lot of Baby boomers are saying, you know, I, I don't, I can't leave them a million dollars, but I can leave them ten thousand. So we ask in the, in our meetings all the time, what's important to you outside of family and outside of of your health? What's important to you, and what would you like to leave a legacy? And we we're finding baby boomers are very very generous because all of us have been blessed. I mean, we came about in between 1954-1964 in that era and uh it's been it's been very good to us. We've had some ups and downs. The the we've had stock market crashes and 87, 99, 2000, all that stuff, but we've survived and so to give back is very important. Right. I think we all feel it's important to give back a little bit. Right. And especially, you know, I love the honor flight and I need to get my dad on that. He's the veteran of three wars, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, so World War 2, Korea and Vietnam. And he's never been back. He's never been on the honor We'll flight. talk after, after yes, we get yes, off yes. the air. But anyway, so again, it's where you took something you, like you said, you've been a pilot since you were 17, and you, you've you learned how to really bring that. That's your lifestyle. Work is a part of that. And, you know, that's one of the things I'm always talking to people about Doing your philanthropy, doing your charitable giving, building your legacy isn't something you think about and all of a sudden you turn the switch on at 65 or 70. For you, it's been your whole life. And I think most people have a passion. Mm -hmm. And they have, you know, you always have a desire to do this. And what we encourage people to do is plan for that. Don't don't just let it happen or don't not do it because you didn't plan for it. But if you take a few moments and you and you say this is what my passion is, this is what our passion is, and we'd like to uh, make sure that there's a memory of us when we're gone, uh, then by all means it should be part of your plan. And unfortunately, most people have a hard time in 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 most couples have a hard time in agreeing where the money should go or where you meet kind of halfway. But I think if you talk about it and you figure out what's important to you, whether it's church, whether it's university, whether it's, you know, in my case, Civil Air Patrol or, 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 or Honor Flight, uh, I have a great deal of respect for anybody that's, that's been there. And it's, it's, it's hard to turn that off, so I try to give a little back. Right. And I think most baby boomers are in that situation, but you've got to plan for it. You just can't happen, let it happen one day. And unfortunately, you've got to be very careful – 
in, in when you do the planning because some of the robo advisors out there, some of the uh, plug in the numbers and 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 you look at what what's available uh, at the end of your life expectancy. They don't pl- they don't give you an opportunity to plan for that, and that's the that's the advantage I think of working with an individual, whether it's me or whoever you work with, but. Work with someone that takes your personhood into uh, the equation and not just the numbers. And I think you'll be much more satisfied when it comes to leaving a legacy, making sure your kids are taken care of. It's going to be very difficult to contact a robo-advisor when when husband dies or wife dies and you try to deal with uh, a machine. It's going to be tough. So we find that uh, lay it out, plan for it. And it happens. Well, and that's our first segment. We talked about, you know, having the conversations around money. And a lot of people, you know, haven't really put it into words. They have feelings about, you know, what, you know, I want to change the world. I want to create world peace, right? Doable, not doable, not sure. So I'm guessing that a a large part of your conversation, when you're looking at here you are today, here's where you want to end up that this becomes those important conversations between partners with yourself to really go, you know, do I have to wait to pass on my legacy? Or like you, you're having a great time right now doing it. Right? I would recommend <laughs> if you can do it, I'd do it now. Yeah. But I think the important thing is you've got, to, you've got to look at the situation and be realistic, number one. And all of us have had or will have tuitions to pay, College or education, college education, once that's gone, weddings to deal with, family issues to deal with. Once that's kind of in, in, in line, then it's time to have your advisor, whoever the advisor is, should ask you, what do you do in your spare time? Not what do you do at work, what do you do in your spare time? What, what's, what's, what are you passionate about? And being Italian, I'm passionate about a lot of things, there's no doubt. So it's not a hard question for me to ask you, what are you passionate about? That's where you should spend your time and your energy and your money. Right. And you get a great deal of satisfaction in doing that. Well, you great, gave a great example during the break, an uh, engineer that you're helping, that being an engineer got him to the place he is today, but now he's opening a bakery because he's passionate about cooking and baking and sharing that gift with the world. And it's 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 amazing but it's it's reborn is not the right may not be the right word but you see a, a new rejuvenation. You see a, a, a more energy, more passion cuz the hard part's done. Now I can have fun and if I make some money doing it, it's even better. Right. And that's 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 what life's all about. It's right. Personal satisfaction when you when you've done well, enjoy it. And uh, that's what he's doing now. Yeah. And, and we encourage it. it. But you got to plan for it. Is is the bakery here local in, in northern Nevada or is it in northern Colorado? Northern Colorado. <laughs> oh, darn it. <laughs> Too close to me, unfortunately. <laughs> Part of really thinking about your legacy. And again, it, it doesn't always have to be related to a dollar amount. It's, as we said, this younger, the millennial, they're all about service. And so for them, it's not so much I'm going to write you a check, but gosh, I'm going to show up. Get out and do something. Yeah, well, it has value, of course, but I'm going to donate my time and maybe my skill sets, and that's what they're all about. So, And that's perfect. Because I'm too old to do the hard work. Let some let some of these younger kids get out there and do it. Oh, you want that that ditch dug? <laughs> I'll yeah. calculate what it's going to cost you, but I'm not going to hold the show. That's right. Yeah, 
I agree. So, yeah, I mean, what a great conversation today, Mike. Thanks for being here and really kind of, you know, a different take for our listeners on some of the things they need to be thinking about as far as, you know, retirement planning, building their legacy, and really kind of making sure that, you know, you take care of yourself, the sandwich generation that I happen to be sitting in so that um, I can have a great time when I decide that I want to retire, right? I don't know what that means yet. I'm not sure either. (laughs) And I may never retire, but as as, as long as that's my option and not being forced upon me, that's what you try to do. You try to take control. You want the most flexibility and you want the most options. Because as long as you have that, you have control. But once you've given up the flexibility and the options, you're kind of out of luck. Yeah. And, and so and we try to build for the flexibility and the options. I like that. That's That should be the big goal. I want flexibility. I want options. I want choices. Right. right? <laughs> and and I think people will be happier in retirement. I know there's a lot of people who retire miserable. And unfortunately, it's difficult to get back in the game if that's, if that's your your situation. Right. So. so if someone is resonating with Mike Fassi today and wants to learn more about his, his concepts around retirement planning or attend some of the classes that he puts on through the University of Nevada, Reno, Mike, where would you like them to go? You know, uh, well, the classes are both put on by myself and my wife, who's a CPA and a certified divorce financial analyst. Uh, we'll do, uh, you can find me at uh, Mike at financialeducators.org. Or go to our website, financialeducators.org, and uh, you'll see a list of the classes and where we're going to be teaching in January and April. Awesome. Well, looking forward to that. And that's how I I found you, was I got a great letter in the mail offering to go to one of these classes. And so I'm glad that you're here with me today. Thank you for having me. And Love the snow. Yes, and thanks for all your service for the veterans and the honor flight and Civil Air Patrol and any of you pilots or people that love flying. Mike's a guy you're going to want to hang out with because he's all about the flying. Yes, (laughs) my office is at the end of the runway, so (laughs) I love it. Great. We'll catch up next week. The Sherry Hill Show values the role we play in supporting the economic engine driving this country. Small business, the backbone of America. Send her a message on Facebook.com slash Sherry Hill Show. And tune in next week, same time, same station, for The Sherry Hill Show. Is it that time of year to make an appointment? Are you in the market for a mammogram? Instead of a mammogram, why not consider making an appointment for a thermogram? Thermograms are the modern, safe alternative to a mammogram. By mapping known thermal changes in the breast tissue that occur when disease is present, a very early detection can be noted and addressed. This breast screening method is totally safe at any age for any type or condition of the breast. And best of all, it is painless, does not involve any breast compression, no physical contact, and no radiation exposure. A certified medical trainer specialist can determine the abnormal changes in a woman's breast. Thermography is not a standalone examination. Along with your physician's direction, the proper secondary screening can be determined should the thermal image indicate a problem. For a free consultation on whether or not this is the right choice for you, call Thermal Imaging Consultants today, 356-0200. That's 356-0200. Or check them out on the web at thermogramexam.com.